Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000. Your toll, er, that's your local number. Your toll-free number is 888-970-9329. You can email me, talk at WDAY.com. You know, before the uh, 2016 election, we had a federal judge um, in, in response to a lawsuit that was filed by a, uh, a group of, of Native American uh, citizens of our state voters uh, that uh, our voter ID law was too tough and the judge basically ordered the state to reinstitute an option that the legislature had removed which was to allow people without a valid ID to vote by signing an affidavit um, in the 2016 election we ended up seeing 16,395 ballots cast with an aff- affidavit uh, instead of an ID that is a 55% increase over the last presidential election in 2012. Um, a problematic to me is that election officials are, are just now starting to go through and, and certify those ballots, certify that all those affidavits were, were accurate. Now, I, I guess... You know, there's been an endless debate over voter ID. What bothers me a little bit is that we've already sworn in the lawmakers. We've already sworn in the statewide elected officials. Governor Burgum took office today. Um, now, I, I doubt, you know, he won by such a large margin that 16,000 ballots probably isn't going to make a difference in that outcome. But on the legislative level, it could have made a difference in some races if there's fraud there. And I guess we don't know if there is or not. And I guess my question for you Listeners, is are you worried about these affidavits? 701-293-9000, your call-in number, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. On the line with me is State Representative Randy Boehning, who uh, has done a, a lot of work on the voter ID issue. Representative Boehning, thanks for your time. Hi, how's it going? Going good. Um, first of all, tell me, maybe you can shed some light on this process. The The... The auditors are just now starting to go through these affidavits. I mean, when are they done? I mean, is there anything in law that says, you know, that, that dictates how that process unfolds, or do they have to check on every affidavit? How does all that work? Well, uh, Rob, according to when I, after I talked with the Secretary of State's office today, they're expecting all the affidavits to be completed and taken care of and sent in to the Secretary of State's office compile a report by January 6th is what I was told today. Um, from my understanding, I've seen the, the form that needs to be filled out. It gets filled out. It's um, basically the size of a piece of paper. It's folded in half. It gets sent out, and you have to return the other half of that, of that piece of paper that states that, you, you know, that they can confirm that you lived at that address. The auditors are supposed to be trying three times in order to get a hold of you at that residence. I mean, there were, I think there was uh, email addresses. There was phone numbers that were required, previous addresses. So they've got to go through this whole process. And once we see these numbers, which won't be, in, you know, we won't see them until January 6th. So we won't know 
what's all in these numbers until we get them. And so that's, you know, do they, they, that gets sent out to everybody who, who cast a ballot with an affidavit, that, that form that you're talking about, or the auditor's attempt to contact them? That is, that is correct. Uh, during, the, uh, during the trial and the trial and so forth, they, it was agreed upon with the court and the Secretary of State that the form that they sent out and the information they asked was, was fined by the court. So all the county auditors and all 53 counties have to send out this information and try to get the information back to make sure that the affidavits were, were correctly living at their address. What uh, what happens if it comes back? And I, I mean, I don't have any evidence to suggest that this is true. But but let's suppose for a moment that in one of these close legislative races, I'm thinking maybe some of the races in Fargo where we saw, um, you know, certainly in the District 46 Senate race. I mean, it was just a few dozen votes that separated the two the two candidates. I mean, what would happen if we got a level of fraud back that would have changed the outcome of one of those elections? But yet, we've already got the legislator who was elected in that election serving in the legislature. Well, Rob, on that, on that question, I think that's probably, I don't know if the Secretary of State has an answer in that. I mean, his votes are counted. The, uh, uh, everything has been certified. So the only way I see that they could actually reverse the election or have a new election would be go to court and, and pursue it that way. Are, are, are they? I mean, are they, what, what has to be reported to the Secretary of State's office by January sixth? Because I'm, I mean, we're, we're finding. I mean, I, I think somebody was just messaging me here. There was something like five thousand affidavits in in Cass County. Um, Correct. If I mean, if, if they have to try to contact all of those people three times, what happens if the people don't respond? Uh, you know, I mean, does, does their vote not count? I mean, is that subtracted from the total? Uh, well. The votes have already been counted. Once your ballot goes into the machine, it's counted. You can't pull your ballot out because we don't know whose ballot that is. If once you know, once they send all this stuff out and they get you know four thousand nine hundred of these back that are saying that we live at this address, they have to try to reach the ones that didn't return their return their postcards. And you know, if they try to three, if they try three times and don't succeed, well, there's a couple of options. I mean. You can go take it to the state's attorney and try to find them. You know, we can you know put a subpoena out for the arrest or, or try to go back and go do some civil some civil penalties. Uh, if they voted in the state and they happen to vote in another state, um, they're going to be verifying that aspect. And so then you'd be able to do a federal some federal laws that would apply to voter fraud as well. You'd be able to go back that way. But once you, but once your vote is put in that machine, you can't pull it back out. We don't have a provisional ballot where we would have that information there yet because your ballot wouldn't have been counted yet. But our system here, we put all the ballots in, they get counted, you can't pull them back out. So basically, if, if, if fraud, I mean, it sounds like this affidavit is really no protection at all because, I, I mean, certainly after the fact, if it detect that, that people were voted fraudulently, then we could open up a criminal investigation, but yet the impact it had on the election, that can't be undone? The only way I know that it could be undone, is, I think, would be through the courts because everything has been certified, the votes have been counted, and I think the only way that you'd be able to do that would be to go to court. I mean, that's the only way I would know because I don't know if there's anything in law that would state anything otherwise. How do we, I mean, is there a plan? Because obviously, you know, we, we made changes to this in the past and then we went through with the courts. 
Uh, we have another legislative session coming up. Is there any look at towards, you know, maybe changing this again or, or trying to find a way that is acceptable to the court to get rid of these affidavits? Because I don't know how you feel, but I look at these affidavits and I mean, it just it looks like a lot of work for not a lot of actual protection for our, 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 our ballot box. Well, you know, I, I think we can't make our decision until we get all the tallies in. I mean, if we got five or six that come, you know, that aren't at the correct address, it's probably not a big deal, possibly. But if we're going to have dozens or hundreds of them that are coming back that not at the correct address, I think then we need to go back to the judge and say, here's what happens when you do the affidavits and, and tell them, I mean, we'll have to work with the judge and maybe he can over overturn it again or maybe we can work on some other issues with him. But, you know, if we have a couple or two or three and it's probably not such a big deal because some people you know, probably don't have any right lines or whatever, it happens with our system nowadays. It's probably not going to be as easy to vote in a different precinct because, you know, it's all electronics and computers and so forth. But I think the only way we can change anything without legislation is we have, you know, hundreds of these affidavits come back that are, you know, real. I think then it's, the judge has to take a real good look at this and return the law back to the previous, to the previous, to previously the way it was. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Talking with Republican State Legislator, uh, State Representative Randy Baining about voter ID laws. You can certainly join if you like. Email me as well. Talk at WDAY.com. What about, I mean, I, I guess I don't understand how this, how this would go forward with, with the judge, you know, sort of overseeing this. I mean, if, if we were to propose legislation and say, look, because I mean, the objection made in the lawsuit was basically that for some citizens of our state, whether it's a, a geographical challenge because they live a long way from their local DMV or, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's an income problem because they're they're poor or what have you, you know, they have trouble getting IDs. If the st- What if the state went in the other direction and, and just made it really easy to get IDs? And held like you know, set up like a mobile DMV office that could travel into some of these these communities and in some of maybe the more rural parts of our state and issue IDs. I mean, would that be something we could we could replace and, and then not do these affidavits anymore? Well, you know, Rob, I think that's you know, I've thought about that too. To, you know, maybe go that route, but then you still have to have them, <clears throat> still have to be able to have them get a the birth um, certificate if they don't have some other form to get your ID. So I mean. You know, we give out free uh, non-driver's license ID in the state, but sometimes you may need to have your birth certificate. So that's the other inconvenience possibly that they would say that would be an, be an issue. And then, you know, along those lines of the lawsuits, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars that that organization spent suing the state over this. They, they would have been able to go out into the uh, areas of the reservation and take these people down to the out to the Capitol building, get the birth certificate, and get them an ID would have been taken care of. But now we're going back to the way it was previously, and the ones that are being disenfranchised on the reservations still haven't got any, aren't any better off because of the lawsuit. Yeah. Well, it's it's a tough thing. Do you, do you anticipate any legislation addressing this in the upcoming session? I, I think there's probably going to be some legislation coming up. Like I said, I haven't seen, you know, once we get these affidavits back, we have to work, you know, probably craft something that'll work for the judge. And But you look around the country, you know, there's been states all over the place that are, have photo, photo ID, 
you know, to vote, you know, I can remember just one here the other day that the judge said it's okay, you know, to have your photo ID. And, you know, so we, it's, it's changed all around, all around the country, and it's a little bit this way and some that way. You know, some judges are okay with the strict voter ID and some aren't. You know, laws are written a little yeah. bit different, but I think, you know, more, the more and more we get into this, I think there'll be more um, voter, photo, photo ID required. I mean, I just read in, read in Detroit that there's so many more ballots cast than you know in the, in precincts than were recorded and yeah. you know some of those areas are bad but I think here we're we're just going to have to work with the judge you know we can't really run a by him either because he's not going to be able to come and testify <laughs> yeah well, yeah well I mean, it's it's a tough process uh, Randy thank you so much for your time you know looking forward to it I you know I think at the end of the day I think we all just want to protect our ballot box and make sure that the people who are are voting are are valid and and should be voting because i'll tell you i mean sometimes these local races these legislative races i mean the margins that that the incumbent you know that 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 the winners win by are, are pretty small you know they can well, be influenced by this sort of thing so representative well, thanks i'm sorry go ahead well rather my second election i only won by three votes yeah so <laughs> yeah. when, you, when it, you look at this it was against my my running mate from my you know on the republican side you know but it's that's when I really it wouldn't started take looking much. at this stuff, you know. Yeah. Two, vote, two affidavits that were fraudulent or something that could swing a whole election. Yeah. Well, uh, Representative Bainey, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Okay. You bet. Thanks. More to come straight ahead. Your phone call, 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away. Muddy Waters this afternoon. Welcome back. Rob Report here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Talking about always contentious voter ID policy. Yeah, I, I just... Oh, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know that North Dakota has a major problem with voter ID. I don't think it does. Um, but I don't think that's an excuse to leave our elections vulnerable to tampering or to or, or to foul play because as representative Baining just pointed out in the last segment you can if, if 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 somebody if somebody you know defrauds an election and gets somebody elected to statewide office or to the legislature or something in some really close race where they swung a couple hundred votes and that impacted the outcome there's not a lot you can do short of like going to court to trying to get the courts to unravel it. Meanwhile, in North Dakota, the legislative session starts in January. I mean, by the time you could even detect the fraud and get something done about it, the person elected is already in office, already casting votes on policy. You know, this this stuff matters. Um, I, I think, you know, I think some are dismissive of it, and, and that's unfortunate Excuse me. I've been fighting a cold, so I've been sorry about that. Um, you know, some are dismissive of this, and that's uh, to me that's that's just hugely unfortunate. This affidavit stuff is just—it's so complicated. I mean, you know, in Cass County, they're having to contact five thousand people to make sure that that, that they voted appropriately. Um, 
There's got to be a better way to do this. And I think the better way to do it is to make it easier for people to get the proper ID up front. You know, if it's if it's easy, if we, if we get it to a point where you just don't have an excuse not to have the valid ID, then maybe we don't got to do the affidavits and all this other stuff. Love to hear what you think, though. 701-293-9000, We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Port here on WDUI, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I wonder if the left's going to feel differently about voter ID and now that it's so popular to question the election results that, that Donald Trump won, right? I, I mean, it's it's like they're blaming everything. I mean, Russia did it. Fake news did it. By, by the way, I, I saw something on uh, Facebook is going to start, I guess, trying to, to filter uh it's going to start trying to filter fake news and and they're going to like they're going to rely on fact checkers and then they're going to you know use the information to i guess bury stories that they deem to be fake news or whatever and i'm i mean i'm thinking to myself this is kind of why the internet got so popular as a communications device is that it went around the very sort of gatekeepers that they're now trying to reestablish on the internet, right? I mean, everybody's been going nuts. And listen, you're a fool. You're an absolute fool if you think, quote-unquote, fake news is what cost Hillary Clinton the election. What cost Hillary Clinton the election is that she was a terrible candidate. She really was a crook. Uh, she represented everything that was wrong with the Washington, D.C. political elite establishment and millions and millions of Americans who were fed up with that voted for someone else. Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I didn't vote for Trump. I'm still trying to understand why people did that, but they did it. And blaming fake news and everything else is a cop out. You know, it's 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 a way to explain election results you don't like without having to come to to you know come face to face with some uncomfortable truths. I, I think. But as far as the fake news thing, I, I am I am very worried that a company like Facebook is going to start going down this road for a couple of reasons. One is that you know Facebook has such a such an enormous. So many people get are getting their news from Facebook these days that Facebook wields a, a truly enormous amount of power, you know power and truly enormous amount of control over the information that people receive. Um. So when Facebook decides to implement this policy, you know, it's not like it's not like Ford making a decision about, you know, something they're going to start doing with their cars. And then if you don't like it, you can go to Chevy. There's not another Facebook out there. Right. I mean, so it's I mean, this is this is pretty big. The other thing I worry about is is we are now going to start putting relatively small groups of people in charge of what is and is not fake with fake being defined you know, sometimes having a pretty flexible definition for people based on their politics or their ideology. Um, you know, I could tell you as somebody who has been writing about politics online for a long time that I am deeply concerned 
because of the number of people I hear, you know, describing my work as fake or whatever, because they don't disagree with my point of view. You know, they don't agree with my point of view. They don't like my politics. They don't like the way I present the information or what have you. And so now all of a sudden, because I have the wrong political outlook, they're saying I'm fake news. I mean, is that going to be something that, that I have to worry about where my content is going to be dismissed or inhibited somehow on the social media? And how would I even know if it was? I mean, there, there are some scary implications about this road, but, uh, you know, the left has just been rabid about fake news since Donald Trump won, and, and now I guess we're going down this road. We ought to be very careful and very vigilant about this. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Got a caller. Ken, what's up? Well, I think it's kind of like uh, somewhat like people just calling people racist and misogynist and, and uh, xenophobic. I mean, people throw it. It's going to be the new fake news. They can, yeah. they can in, in about one word, two words, fake dash news, they can discredit. And, you know, it, it takes somebody else thousands of words to, to, you know, even come close to trying to disprove that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think you put your finger on it with the, the racist accusation. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I think, you know, I wrote this shortly after the election. I think a big reason why Donald Trump won is because that was so much of the rebuttal. Whenever the left would be challenged, uh, you know, their their dogmas, their their principles, their ideas, their philosophies would, would get challenged. That was their rebuttal is, well, you're you're motivated by you know race racist you know feelings or misogynistic feelings or you know it's a war on women or it's a whatever and then they weren't leaving any room for honest disagreement for people to say listen i have a problem with our porous immigration policy and it really has nothing to do with race i mean for, well, for a, a vast swath of the left and, that was just impossible been, hasn't been for a long time it's about me stating what i think right so if you disagree with me well of course i'm right so then there's something wrong with you right right and and it it can't just be you know we we can't just confront that we view the world differently or maybe we have different philosophies it's it's that no you must be motivated by something that and it's i mean really it's 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 lazy too right because if you're motivated by racism then i don't even have to bother to rebut your points Right? It's absolutely I don't have to, lazy. Yes, it's I, it's it's intellectual you know, so, laziness because uh, I, I can if I can have a discussion with with my liberal friends, I, if I can I can articulate what their point is, and then I tell them I disagree with it. That's just not my worldview. But I, I don't hold them as 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 lesser because right. they have that view. But we can have a discussion, and then I can say, well, here, here's here's my points. I, I do understand what you're saying. I've never had a discussion with a liberal who has said, you know, I I get what you're saying. You know. You're conservative, and I, but I just think that this is really the, the better way to go in the long run. I've never had a yeah. discussion like that. The, the you know, and the thing is, I'm not, I'm not the left doesn't have a monopoly on this. I, I think I think the left has been much more has has been much more involved in uh, you know identity politics. You know that sort of thing. You know the war on women. I, that's, yeah. It's it's been it's been much more. But the right does it too. I mean, the right will come in and and say, well, you know, uh, you know that's the 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 right does it too. Makes those sort of ad hominem, you know, blanket statements. It's just I I think it is more pronounced on the left. And I worry that this is going to become the new racist though, where it's well, that's fake news, right? So now if you have somebody out there. Uh, I mean, listen, I I've been blogging for thirteen years. I remember when bloggers took down Dan Rather. 
at CBS because he ran a fake story about George W. Bush, a sitting president, weeks away from reelection, and all of a sudden he's got this bogus story about President Bush's service in the Texas Air National Guard, and the people who took him down were bloggers. And I worry that that sort of you know, bottom-up fact-checking of the powerful media establishments is going to be impossible in this, you know, if, if we're going to start putting up filters on the Internet uh, to decide what is and is not fake news. I'll only quibble that, that you guys didn't take him down. What you did was point out where he was wrong, and CBS took him well, down. I mean, I know what you're saying, but... Fair enough, and I'm, and I'm not, and by the way, I'm not... Rather down. The point was, hey, buddy, your story is full of holes, and here's right. why. Yeah, exactly. Well it, well, it provided a different point of view uh, on his story, one that proved to be devastating for his career because it came out that yes. he was yeah. extremely irresponsible. And, and by the way, I'm not taking credit for that story. I didn't have anything to do with it. No, uh, I, just, I, I just happened general, to be a blogger I mean, at that time. Like, hey, we want to take down Dan Rather. It was just like, dude, that story is not right. And here's well, he took he why. took himself down by making the decisions. It was just the yeah. people who who right. Okay, fair enough. Thanks for the call, Ken. Appreciate right. it. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. You know, Facebook ought to be careful too, because if there's one thing that could undermine Facebook's dominance, is if people get the idea that that what they're seeing is not necessarily a reflection of what's popular, what's getting a lot of attention, but a reflection of editorial choices made by Facebook, you know, that's the old way of doing things. And I think people kind of like the new way of doing things on the Internet. And, and listen, yes, I mean, before you start calling and emailing and telling me about all the horrible, inaccurate stuff that's on the Internet, man, I agree with you. I understand. Uh, there's a lot of it out there. A lot of it's nonsense. Uh, and it gets a lot of attention. I had a guy on this program a couple weeks ago who, you know, is getting thousands and thousands of Facebook shares for a post claiming that the blizzard that hit the Dakota Access protest camps was something created by the government. It's a little scary to me that there are thousands of people out there who believe that. Uh, you know, but as problematic as that is, I would rather people be able to make their own choices about what is and is not accurate. I, I think that we are going to run into problems if we start, if we go back to, to centralizing the gatekeepers to information, um, again, it's 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 not perfect, but we can't be utopians about this. We have got to let individual people make their own choices, um, understanding that a lot of times people are going to make the wrong choices. They're going to believe erroneous things, but it's not up to you and I to form a committee and try to decide, you know, what sort of information other people can consume or, or, or to even inhibit, attempt to inhibit their consumption of it. Uh, you know, that that to me is, I mean, the, the term un-American gets thrown around a lot. I, I think sometimes it, it could be a little bit of a fraught term, but I can't imagine anything more un-American than wanting to filter other people's consumption of information. I think that is un-American. 701-293-9000, We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
Welcome back, Rob Port, 701-293-9000, Listen, decisions about, you know, fake news and stuff like that, those are not good decisions to be making amid, you know, the very strong emotions and feelings immediately after an election, right? I mean, there's a lot of people uh, not happy about the outcome of the election, um, for some good reasons, uh, you know, Donald Trump is a controversial guy. I'm anxious to see. I hope he's going to be a good president. We'll see. Um, but listen, I, ultimately, I think we're better off leaving decisions about content up to people. Uh, I, I don't I have a hard time thinking of, of a time in human history where having small committees of people, relatively small groups of people deciding what is and is not factual what is and is not okay for the rest of us to consume whether it's information or art or what have you i don't know a time in history where that's ever worked out well and you know what's what's scary is censorship is easier now today than than perhaps any other time in history because we're all dependent on the internet um the the internet came along and it has revolutionized media consumption because it was not centralized because it was distributed because you had so many people providing so much information from so many different points of view and in some ways that's scary i mean in some ways whether it's you know hackers who are able to get information and use it to intimidate people uh or it's you know people purposely putting out false information or propaganda uh I think what we've got to do, though, is we've got to trust in the ability of individuals to make decisions for themselves, understanding that sometimes a lot of people are going to make the wrong decisions and believe the wrong things. Propaganda, by the way, is nothing new. It's been it's been around almost as long as we've been able to communicate with one another. Um, you know, whether it's Russian propaganda or what have you, you know, this is not new to the internet. You know, it may it may be a more visible problem than ever before. It may be easier for individual people to publish propaganda or misleading information to larger audiences than ever before, but it's not a new it's not a new situation. You know, I hope Facebook treads carefully, and I hope the people on the left who are struggling with Donald Trump's election start maybe to, to pivot from blaming uh, their fellow voters for being racist, misogynists, or blaming Russia or blaming, you know fake news idiots on Facebook and maybe come to grips with why that election outcome happened. And it has a lot to do with the person who was on the ballot opposite Donald Trump won Hillary Clinton. And it has a lot to do with, with how the left I think thinks about this country and, and other Americans. I, I think for a long time, Democrats have had the wrong priorities for America. And maybe this will prompt a shift to the right priorities. I don't think it's going to happen though, as long as they're all still blaming fake news hey jay thomas coming up next senator john hoven's going to be live with him in studio talking about the obama administration and their handling of the uh, dakota access protests that coming up next on his show remember you can always catch me 1 to 2 p.m right here on wday or 24 hours a day seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com thanks for listening we'll talk again locations who is fast and thorough and sharp as attack She's playing with her jewelry, she's putting up her hair, she's touring the facility and picking up slack. I want a girl with a short skirt and a long jacket.